welcome to Healthy Perspectives with Jeremiah, a podcast that brings you current social and cultural issues through a clinical lens. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Rumble, YouTube, all kinds of places to look for us. Please like and subscribe on any of them or all of them. We also love interacting with our audience, so join us on all the social platforms such as LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and many more. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. I have a, an intense one today. Uh, you know, this one, this one hits home pretty hard. You know, as a therapist, I encounter some things repeatedly. And uh, when I do couples work, families work, stuff like that, we deal with interactions between people. And there's uh, something that comes up routinely. But it also it comes up routinely on things like social media, uh, in, in political arenas, uh, where where people are just belligerent and uh, on the attack. And I'm going to point that out. I'm going to say, here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of the punchline up front. Actually, I'll give you a couple of punchlines, and they're going to come pretty early. Uh, first, uh, shut up doesn't work. It's ineffective. Uh, it, it actually says more about the person using it than the person hearing it. I'll get into that. And there's a better alternative. There is a way better alternative. When we encounter a righteous silencer, right? Somebody who's speaking boldly and saying, shut up, be quiet, or some alternative, right? When we see one of those derivatives of shut up, be quiet, stop talking, you know, like, here's the thing. We need a, a counter argument, a counter argument to that. And here it is. All right. It's timeout. That's the alternative timeout. Look, we learned that when we were children and we stopped using it. We grew up and we went back to the alternative, which is be quiet, stop talking, shut up. And here, here's the thing. It's dysfunctional. At the end of the day, if somebody is telling you to shut up, they are dysfunctional. They want to speak boldly and silence boldly. I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to come out boldly and tell you they're the ones who are wrong. Yep, I know. I'm a therapist. Like You're a therapist. You're not supposed to tell people they're wrong. Absolutely, I am. When it's clear as day, how could I let that go? So the punchline is timeout is the alternative for shut up be quiet, being silenced. Calling a timeout is functional. All right. So many, many people seem to think that they know what's best. And so that's why they're telling you to be quiet. All right. Many people think that you don't know anything. And so they're telling you to be quiet. What do those things have in common? Those are both statements that are dysfunctional, right? They're conceited and arrogant. The first one says, I'm better than you. And the second says, what you have to contribute is worthless. We don't want it. Now, I get that there's a lot of dysfunctional conversation, but the moment you step into the silencing of another person, uh, okay, yeah, let me detour just for a second. There is, there is one exception. 
immediate threat to life. <laughs> that would be an exception. I'll give you an example. When I was in the military, one of the things that we were taught is radio silence. I was a communications guy. Uh, radio silence. When do you go silent? Why? Because noise can attract people who are going to kill you. Outside of that, you can call a timeout. If it's not immediate and life-threatening, you can call a timeout. I'll explain more. Why is timeout a better option? I know I'm hitting hard today, but like I'm going to hit hard. I'm going to get out. All right, this is going to be brief, but why is it a better option? Because it more accurately acknowledges who has the internal challenge, which by the way, is the one trying to silence the others. Unless of course it's a life threatening, immediate danger, which I don't know, all these political things and, you know, these familial problems that we encounter, uh, almost none of them qualify. Almost zero. Like there's very few that you could put in that category. So the person, by the way, who is saying, shut up, be quiet, or some derivative of that, they're the ones who are out of control. It, it can't be any other way. And I'm going to help you understand that before we're done. All right. I will. I assure you I will. Okay. So hang in there. Those of you who are watching on Rumble or YouTube, I'm going to have something to show you here in just a couple minutes. Uh, those of you who aren't, you'll have to go to my website and, you know, you potentially could download an image that I've, I've got ready to go. Timeout is a way that we call for rigid communication processes. This is where I introduce something that for those of you who are not familiar, when chaotic communication is occurring, and by the way, chaotic could be emotional communication is occurring. When emotional or chaotic communication is occurring, sometimes timeout is the best option that there is. It's sometimes the only best option that's on the table. So I want to introduce you to something. I believe this is this from the sixties or seventies. This image came out. Uh, the, it's called the awareness wheel. You can go back and look at it. Uh, I've actually been trying to get my hands on this book, uh, that some, they were some professors, uh, some doctoral professors or something like that. Um, I can't remember where they were, but they put this together and it is just flat out genius. I'll explain why. Go to the center of the circle. For those of you who are not able to see the image in the middle of the circle, it says topic and my rating. So the topic is what's the topic? It's really that simple because what we find is that oftentimes when somebody's saying, shut up, be quiet, stop talking, something like that. It's because they are talking about something different than the person who they're telling to be quiet. They, they are seeing something differently and they think that what they see is more important. So when we narrow down the topic, sometimes that clears up all of the communication in like five seconds. Why? Because then we're talking about the same thing. And if we realize we're not talking about the same thing, then we can go, oh, wait a second. Uh, let me switch gears. I'll talk about what you're talking about. And then we'll come back to what you know I was talking about. 
Sound good? Yeah, great. So now you've got two separate conversations. Sometimes that solves most of the problem. All right, then you got the rating. Why do we rate it? Look, if you come in, like I'm coming in hot today, I'm coming in with an energy of about an eight, a seven, an eight, like I, there's some intensity behind it. If you come in at a seven or an eight, but the other person's like, eh, I'm about a one or a two on this topic. I, I could take it or leave it. I don't really care, right? All of a sudden you realize, wow, uh, my energy is going to dictate a lot because I'm the one bringing so much energy. Now, if two people are coming in with a seven or an eight, then you know that there's room there to be fireworks, right? We can get some sparks. That could be good and exciting and beneficial, but we need to know that going in because it helps us handle ourselves better in the situation. All right. So we, we set our ratings, we give them to the other person so that they know, Hey, I got a lot of intensity on this. All right. Cause generally speaking, when I talk politics, I actually don't come with a ton of energy. Like I, I love to talk about it when I, when I talk, uh, you know, uh, of social arenas and things like communication, like what we're doing here, I tend to have more energy, right? Well, politics, not so much. Culture stuff? Absolutely. Do politics fall into that category? Sometimes, but generally speaking for me, yeah, they, when I'm talking about cultural stuff, I'm talking about those things that are uh, not in the political arena. You know, when we talk about socioeconomic, when we talk about scarcity, when we talk about, you know, uh, love and empathy and, and all of those cultural norms, right? Yeah, I could come with some intensity. All right. So, but typically... Yeah, we want to go in there and we want to set our rating so that people know. All right. Then we talk about the facts. Sometimes in this process, we discover that people are viewing things as fact that are not fact. That's, that's always an interesting area, right? It's like, whoa, wait a second. Your facts. I'm going to need some clarity on those facts because those don't fit the facts that I have in my world. And then we can, we can actually go through and go, all right, these are the things that I see. These are the things that I hear. These are the, the, you know, the data points. This is what the research says. Like we can lay out a case. Now, do we have to lay out a big old legal case? Nah, not at all. But to state the facts as we know them allows us to know where each other are coming from. Now, I don't have to agree with every fact that you state, right? But if I disagree with a fact that you state, it's definitely a conversation point. All right. Then you go on to interpretations. You know, what I think about those facts, like when you said this to me, uh, you know, I, I thought you were saying that I really hate you. I mean, okay. I mean, that's not really what I was trying to say. Maybe it came across that way. I might not have communicated it well, or you might not have received it correctly. Either one of those could exist. And the truth is in communication, when communication breaks down, it's always both people who are responsible or all of the people responsible. We have a responsibility to make sure that we receive the message that they intended to send and vice versa. That creates a lot of uh, challenge, but it's what's supposed to happen. So interpretations, then we go on to feelings. Absolutely. Feelings become facts. Once you say them, like the fact is I have a lot of intensity on this topic. That's a fact. Why? Because my feelings are intense and I'm talking about this topic, right? That's how we know. And so is that a fact? Yes. That's a fact for me right now. My feelings are part of the factual information. That's a way we make 
the very chaotic emotion, very rigid in communication. We create space specifically for it. Then we go on to what I want, what I, or what I don't want, what I like, what I don't like. These, this area, the wants category. And if you're following along, it's circular, right? We go from those wants, we express the things that we would like out of a situation. Like it might just be simple. It might be like, I just want you to hear my side of the story. That might be, it might be it. Just hear my side. It's sometimes it's, I would like you, if I had my way, I would have you adopt my view on this topic. Okay. I mean, you can say whatever you want. That doesn't mean you're going to get it, but state it. Absolutely. And then it goes on to actions. I, uh, what I'm willing to do, right? It might be, I am willing to hear you out on your perspective with an open mind, or it might be, you know, I'm willing to call a timeout and come back to this because right now my feelings are so intense. I think I'm going to mess up the communication. Now you see why a timeout is a better option. Okay. Hang in there with me. Timeout. Uh, those of you following along, I took the image down um, because we're moving on. All right. If you didn't catch it in time, you're going to have to go back and watch it again. Timeout allows us to accurately assess urgency. Many times when people say, be quiet, shut up, leave it alone, stop. When people are saying those abrupt statements, it's usually not life-threatening, although there are exceptions, right? There are moments where it is. What they're, what they're actually trying to say is, I don't feel comfortable. The urgency is them and their stuff if they're trying to silence you. So what do we do with that? One, recognize that not many situations actually require that kind of urgency, right? Our politicians will have you believe that everything requires that kind of urgency. We are going to lose our democracy. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen anytime soon. There are too many people who see it too clearly. All right. So if you find yourself being the one who's saying shut up or one of the million derivatives of that, you are relationally wrong. Unless it's life-threatening, of course, the exception. And you can't go putting everything in the life-threatening category or else you're just an idiot. So don't do that. That's a bad idea. So keep that in mind if that's you. If you encounter someone who is silencing others, the option you have is to infuse empathy, love, care, kindness. That doesn't mean agreement because clearly I don't agree with people who are silencing other people. Why? Because relationally it doesn't work. It's, it's one of the main dysfunctions in couples and families that I see routinely. So if you encounter somebody, infuse empathy. Why? Because it's sad how much they suck at life if they're getting to the point that they can't control themselves. Because they lack self-control. That is sad also. Because most likely they feel inadequate to handle real dialogue. Uh, imagine, imagine if you're one of these people who encounter this and you're like, I don't understand why these people are going all like silence them, silence them, you know, you know, if, if, make them be quiet. You, if you're one of those, it is, imagine for a moment, if you had this overwhelming 
emotional response in which you felt like the only option you had was to tell somebody else they are worthless, their, their, uh, their contribution doesn't matter. Imagine if that was you, like how terrible would it be to be in that position where you thought so little of somebody else or so much of yourself? That's terrible. And chances are they're scared. Chances are they're scared. They're trying to silence because they are afraid, which fear can make things seem like they're life-threatening when they're not, right? If you, know, if you can't control that fear, to assess accurately if something is actually life-threatening, sometimes you misread things and everything seems life-threatening when it's not. That's a tough spot to be in. And we should absolutely empathize with that. That doesn't mean we accept it and agree with it because we shouldn't. But we should empathize with it. Attempt to see it as if you're them, but without taking on their baggage. Any of these realities any of them is tough, is sad. Most likely, if they're encountering this, they're experiencing many of those things. Look, I came in today and I hit hard. I hope, I hope this is helpful. Go back, listen again and again if you have to. Go to my website, download this little you know, document cheat sheet thing, all right? Uh, it's helpful. This is out there on the internet. You can go find it yourself if you need it, right? Use this more rigid communication process when things get chaotic. Instead of saying, shut up, table the topic, call a timeout. That's the best thing I can help with, with most couples and families when emotions go too high. That's like the best information I can give them. Create this rigid communication process so that you don't lose track of the person in front of you as a result of this, I don't know, this ideology, this fear or emotion or whatever it is that's getting in the way. That person in front of you might help you get through something if you don't close your mind. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Take a look at the details of our podcast for links to our website and other helpful information.